Welcome to the Patient Partner Innovation Community Podcast, a podcast created to inform patients, families, and caregivers about important health transformation topics. Since the 2001 Crossing the Quality Chasm Report by the Institute of Medicine, our nation's healthcare system has recognized its need to improve quality of care by way of six important aims that make healthcare safe, efficient, effective, patient-centered, timely, and equitable. But we cannot hope to cross this chasm and achieve these aims until we make fundamental changes to the whole healthcare system. All levels of this work require dramatic improvements from the patient's experience. So this podcast is dedicated to you, the voices most underutilized resource in healthcare, our patients' voices. Welcome, and we hope you enjoy the Patient Partner Innovation Community Podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Natasha Washington, president and founder of ATW Health Solutions and sponsor for the Patient Partner Innovation Community. Follow the PPIC community online at atwhealth.com. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Patient Partner Innovation Community Podcast. And today I have a special guest with me, Elaine. Hi, welcome. Welcome. Thank you very much, Desiree. I'm glad to be here. Yes. And, you know, you guys know, and, and for those that are tuning in that don't know, Project Doc is like near and dear to my heart. I've been involved with Project Doc for many, 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 many years, Project Doc Houston. So Elaine is the director of Project Doc Houston, and she's going to tell us all about Project Doc. So Elaine, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners? Um, My name is Elaine Heim. I'm uh, the director of Project Doc Houston. Doc stands for Delivery of Chronic Care. I'm also uh, the mother, my husband and I are parents to our youngest child who is 29 years old and as I get classified as multi-disabled and is medically fragile. He's along lines of of having a severe cerebral palsy, severe microcephaly, a seizure disorder, legally blind, and he's medically fragile because he has a G-button and uh, a trach an event five years ago. So that's what got me involved in Project Doc. Uh, Project Doc is parents teach doctors. Uh, it's where parents educate doctors and mm-hmm. how we take care of our kids. Yes, I, and you know, I met Elaine, this was, oh, many, 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 many years ago. Uh, it was at a conference uh, and I can't remember what exactly we were talking about. I think it was like spirituality and pediatrics. Yeah, Yeah, and when you explained to me about what Doc was, I was so intrigued and I was like, wow. And when I left home and I was driving in the car heading home, I was like, wait a minute, parents are teaching doctors? And this, it was just so, it, it seemed like such a far off concept for me. And so I was like, so why don't you go ahead and kind of give us a little overview of like, how did Project Doc start? Because Project Doc Houston is like a franchise, so to speak, of the National Project Doc organization. So why don't you tell our listeners, how did the Project Doc National start and then branch off into our wonderful Project Doc Houston chapter? 
Well, the history of Project Doc started in 1994 with three moms in New York, Long Island, Maggie Hoffman, Nancy Speller, and Donna Appel. And they created Project Doc because they believe that by understanding how families deal with chronic illness and disabilities of their children outside the hospital setting, that pediatric resident physicians can become better and more compassionate physicians who in turn affect the lives of many others in the community. So you can have a greater effect on families if you can reach the physicians, reach the pediatricians, reach the residents, because they're on the front lines, especially when the parents are uh, going through their children being first diagnosed. So uh, the three moms uh, got together at North Shore Hospital in New York, Long Island, and with a child specialist at that hospital, created the Project Doc curriculum. And it involves a home visit where the resident actually goes to the home of a parent of a child with disabilities and learns from that parent how they take care of their child, how they work through the medical system, how they make the medical system work for them. And it involves another parent also, two parents on the home visit. Also a parent interview where the residents sit down and interview a parent. That's kind of more of the chronic history, like, it, like you know, how was your pregnancy? And then there's the third uh, part of Project Doc is the Grand Rounds panel presentation, which is a question and answer presentation given during Grand Rounds, or a lot of times it's given through the noon talks, so the residents have noon talks. So it was started by the three parents in New York, and they actually branched out into other hospitals wanting to have their parents train and bring Project Doc down for their residency program. So Project Doc actually expanded into 20 different uh, pediatric hospitals and centers in the United States and one in Australia. And Project Doc started at Texas Children's Hospital in 1997 with Dr. Fernando Stein, who was very interested in Project Doc. And, he, and Dr. Stein was always very patient focused, very family centered in his care of families at Texas Children's Hospital. So he uh, was interested in Project Doc, went and was trained and took some parents with him to be trained by Maggie and Nancy and Donna in New York and then brought it back to uh, Texas Children's Hospital. In the meantime, while that was going on, I was in another part of Texas Children's Hospital in the Meyer Center for Developmental Pediatrics, uh, Pediatrics and was very good and close friends. My mentor was the social worker there, Carmen Dickerson and Dr. Sherry Vincent. And very typical when you have a large, large uh, university or large hospital, large system, you'll have one people doing innovative things on this side and another person doing the same innovative thing on the other side and not even <laughs> yeah. know about each other. You know, that happens. And so uh, I was uh, always doing a lot of work and helping out the, the, uh, the social worker at Carmen Dickerson at the Meyer Center and Dr. Vincent, who is a developmental pediatrician who was a teacher at one time. And they just kind of started noticing that, hmm, well, this, this parent, she knows, she knows something and she knows how these programs work and she's helping other parents. Oh, she has a parent support group. And mm -hmm. so they wanted to learn from me 
and I needed to learn from them. So it was actually Dr. Vincent who came up with the idea of wanting to send her neurodevelopmental residents when they were rotating through the Myers Center for Developed Pediatrics at Bader College of Medicine to my house to mm-hmm. learn and meet Rutherford and for me to give them a little talk about how I took care of Rutherford home. And so I was doing that over to Meyer Center and I had a couple other parents involved who had children with different type of disabilities for my son at the same time that Dr. Stein was bringing down Project Doc. From really? Yeah. And so uh, I was invited to, and then they brought Maggie down to Maggie Hoffman, one of the original Project Doc, what we call Project Doc Central, mm-hmm. uh, down to Houston to do some more training. And, uh, and that's when I was invited to come to the training and met Maggie there. And uh, so that's when I was brought into Project Doc. And uh, so uh, a couple, I think just a couple of years after that, I became the director of Project Doc Houston. And we had it more formal. When I became director, I had it more formalized, got it to be a nonprofit uh, 5013. So it would be independent from Texas mm-hmm. Children's and Baylor College of Medicine as a parent organization. And I had some grant funding through Texas Council for Developmental Disabilities, funded Project Doc Houston and two other Project Doc Docs mm-hmm. in Texas. Um, to get days going uh, at Bader College of Medicine. And that's where we started. Mm-hmm. I started as director in 2002. Mm-hmm. And then in 2008, uh, University of Texas Medical School, Houston, asked us to come and do a project doc over at UT with the mm-hmm. pediatric residents at University of Texas uh, Medical School, Houston. And so mm-hmm. we expanded over to UT. The thing about Houston, Texas, is we have plenty of medical schools. Um, Never (laughs) leave Houston. (laughs) Too numerous medical schools. So uh, about four or five years ago, then Texas A&M University uh, Mm -hmm. sent their pediatric, their medical medical school students Mm -hmm. to Houston for a rotation, and one of the uh, one of our project docs residents from Baylor, who was at Texas A&M, and Kelsey Siebold was involved in that, asked us if we would do Project Doc Houston for Texas A&M medical students. So we expanded again uh, with Texas A&M Medical School, and I'm an Aggie, so that was an easy decision. Um, (laughs) And then three years ago, uh, the Baylor College of Medicine Transition Clinic, which is a clinic for uh, kids who are leaving pediatrics and going into adult medicine. It's a transition clinic specifically for that. Also, mm-hmm. you can, it's going to be in their new name called the Adult Developmental Clinic because that's really what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, um, they asked Project Houston to train the third-year pediatric, uh, medi- well, third-year medical students that were doing an elective rotation through the transition clinic. So we expanded a fourth time over to the Bader Transition Clinic. So we actually trained 125 pediatric residents and medical students last year. You know, and and it's a few things you touched on I want to talk about, but, you know, I can kind of piggyback on that from the experience because I always tell the residents when we start with a home visit or a parent interview, you know, the, the whole purpose of DOC is to really get them out of the office and into the community so that yes. what they prescribe in the office, and a lot of times inpatient, right, it looks totally different 
when yes. you're in the home. That's and, you know, a few times I've had residents when uh, we're in the parent interview and, you know, I'll show them pictures of the setup and we'll talk about, you know, equipment and, you know, how we, in all honesty, due to insurance constraints, kind of have to ration different supplies, whereas the culture inpatient is, you use it, you toss it, you use it, you, you know, it's right. very expendable. And so we go right. through that and kind of explain to them there is a big difference between inpatient care and being in the community. It's almost like I get two of these that look at me with like deer in the headlights or the light yes. bulb kind of clicks. And it's like, OK, so this is so you can understand that what affects that patient really affects the entire family. You know, yes. you know, we say patient family center care and really, you know, everything affects that whole, you know, family unit. So, you know, I, right. I, you know, I'm really proud of of what we're doing. But the other thing I think is really, really important about Project Doc is the fact that the parent teachers are paid. Yes, that's which is, one thing. Yeah. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Well, I'm, I'm dedicated to our parents being paid because the thing about Project Doc Central is, is they state, you know, that, that parents are are on the same level. I mean, they're teachers. We're, this is a volunteer. They should be paid for their time. They are teaching the pediatric residents. They are faculty. We are family faculty. And so mm -hmm. when I came on the Project Doc, um, it was, I had experience with with grants, I was working for the. I've been working with the University of Houston Parent Education Project, which was a grant-funded program, a grant-funded community program, at the University of Houston. And most of the grants that we had had something to do with helping parents who had children with disabilities. So I had a background in grants and working grants. And mm -hmm. so when I came on in 2002, uh, the program had just been awarded the um, a grant from Texas. Council for Developmental Disabilities for five years. And so that funding for five years paid the stipends for each time that I participated in Project Doc. If they did a home visit, if they did a parent interview, if they participated in grand rounds, then they were paid a $75 stipend for participating. And that would, you know, enable them to have a little, you know, pay for gas to get to the uh, other parents, wherever the home parent home visit mm -hmm. was uh, hosted by. That gave the visiting parent a gas to get there and a little bit of money in their pocket. And mm -hmm. so uh, we had that funding for five years. Uh, we expanded over to um, UT Medical School in Houston. And so that gave us another two years. So that was seven years. And then I just was very fortunate um, that uh, one of our good uh, friends from Texas A&M, one of my, uh, our Aggie friends, he uh, was interested in donating some money to Project Doc so we could keep going and he donated money for a part-time salary for me to run Project Doc. And um, that was at Bader College of Medicine for five years. And, uh, and that's when the grant ended from Texas Council for Developmental Disabilities and for the parent stipends. And, um, and then I started writing grants uh, for foundations, private foundations, which mm -hmm. was a little bit easier than your big uh, state type grant. Mm -hmm. um, I thought it was a lot easier because one of the foundations wanted you to write, only wanted 11 lines for your grant proposal. So I thought, oh, that'll be easy. Yeah. That was the hardest grant ever written to try to describe <laughs> Project Doc and 11 lines. Yeah. <laughs> and our mission could only be five lines. So that oh, was wow. actually harder. Um, mm -hmm. So I started writing foundation grants 
and uh, we were awarded two, uh, two foundation grant, one through the Hamill Foundation and one through the Simmons Foundation for the parent stipends. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I did that for 14 years. I wrote different types of grants. And then we ha- we're, on, we're on a grant with the Texas Pediatric Societies with Texas Children's Health Plan, which is a Medicaid managed care company under uh, Texas Children's Hospital, they were mm-hmm. uh, awarded a grant and wanted Texas uh, the project doc to be part of that. Mm-hmm. And um, and then after 14 years, um, I started working full time. So I finally went to Baylor College of Medicine and University of Texas Medical School in Houston and said, if you want this program, you're going to have to consider funding it because I mm-hmm. can't just keep writing grants all the time to get yeah. this funded because that's soft money. And yeah. uh, and they were like, sure, yes, we do want to keep this going. And so we will pay for the parent stipends to uh, for the parents to continue through home visits and parent interviews with the residents. So, so mm-hmm. uh, now it's actually part of the budget for the pediatric residents at uh, Baylor College of Medicine and at University of Texas Medical School, Houston. And when Texas A&M came, uh, came into, we, we started uh, started with Texas A&M through, uh, and their partnership with the Methodist Hospital, uh, mm-hmm. they offered to pay off the bat. So I was, that was another reason it was really easy to say, yeah, yeah. come on, Texas yeah. A&M. Uh, because That's they offered right off the bat to pay the parent mm-hmm. teachers for uh, for the home visits and, mm-hmm. and parent interviews. So, uh, so we've gotten a little bit bolder over the mm-hmm. years that if you want this, you're going to have to pay for it. Yeah, and you know, I think that's really good that you explain that because. You know, I, as I'm going around the country and working with other patient partners and hospital systems, and I tell them about, you know, Project Doc and what we're doing, um, a lot of times they can feel a little intimidated because, you know, trying to write grants is really hard, you know, trying to get the money to get the program going. And it just speaks volumes because, you know, you just ask. If, if you yeah. will not get it if you don't ask. And they so, don't ask. I didn't exactly. ask for 14 years. <laughs> you know, so, you know, I, I think this is so doable. So, Elaine, you know, another thing I think that is really um, innovative that Project Doc Houston is doing is we actually collect data around the program. Yes, we do. And so, you know, and I think especially when you think, Nationally, you know, CMS, for instance, you know, their big thing is data, 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 data drives change. And I think, you know, when I tell people that we do collect data with our program, they look at me like, really? And I'm like, yeah, we actually do. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about, you know, the data that we're collecting and what does that look like and what have you seen as a result? Well, the data that we are collecting is that we do a pre and post of the residents. The medical schools do the pre and post for us. They do the pre and then they go on the home visit, they do the parent interview, and then they do the post survey. And those surveys are analyzed each year. And uh, what we're trying to show with the residents is that we're moving them more oh, statistically significantly, it's hard to say, mm-hmm. uh, moving <laughs> towards being more, knowing more about the at-home care because they're mm-hmm. in the parent's home. They're learning from the parent how mm-hmm. the parent takes care of their child. Uh, 
uh, they're also learning more about community resources because we do talk about the, the state programs that we've had to access to be able to keep our children home. We talk about the Medicaid waiver programs and the long mm -hmm. waiting uh, interest list that Texas has, like a lot of other states. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're also uh, teaching them more about the um, the, the stages of grief that families mm -hmm. go through and, and you know having not ha you know having a child with a disability and the grief that you do feel oh. and that how that grief is cyclical it, mm -hmm. I mean it kind of comes and goes mm -hmm. um, we're also and, and the big question uh, the big post question is mm -hmm. you know um, now that you've gone through project doc does it make you does it make you more willing? to care for children with disabilities because our kids mm -hmm. are not a 15 minute yeah. uh, 15 minute HMO appointment mm -hmm. and our kids do take a lot more time our kids are much more paper in intensive than sometimes being labor intensive yeah. and so that we've been seeing anywhere from 80 to some years we've had a hundred percent of the residents say yes now that i've gone through project on mm -hmm. i am much more uh, uh willing to care mm -hmm. that's what it is more willing to care yeah. for children with disabilities mm -hmm. and then we added a question uh, about 10 years ago that actually the simmons foundation um asked us if we would uh if we would consider um consider adding the question, does Project DOT change the way you approach a patient and approach mm -hmm. a patient family? And mm -hmm. we've gotten a high percentage of the residents saying, yes, uh, Project DOT does, cha does change the mm -hmm. way that I approach a family. And, the, mm -hmm. and so um, we've gotten those results. And we've got a lot of really, uh, really nice uh, quotes from the residents, uh, mm -hmm. a lot of them do say that uh, it opens their eyes to what the at-home care is because mm -hmm. all they all they know is hospital and discharge orders they don't yeah. really know what goes on at home what yeah. uh what do they need to write that why a doctor's order is so important even to equipment and coming home with and with you know with uh medications mm -hmm. and i know one uh one uh doctor a resident wrote a really sweet note and she said that Project Doc helps remind me and reconnects me with the very things that made me want to be a doctor, a good oh, doctor, wow. a compassionate one who patients remember. Oh, that is, that's beautiful. You know, and I think when we do the home visits and the parent interviews and, you know, the noon talks, you know, our hope from a parent teacher perspective is that exact thing if we've made an impact because you know these residents are going to become attendings yes and it, we're catching them so young in their careers and it you know and i personally think that we've had a great impact in shifting the culture of being more patient and family centered because by the time they're attendings patient and family centered care is is second nature to them because they were so exposed to it so young in their career so you know, I think I think that is that is really truly great. So, um, I I want to share this one experience that I had with a resident, and this was early on in doc. And um, usually, when they come in into the the visit, you know, I ask basic, you know, where are you from? 
you know, do you know what you're going to specialize in? And there was a particular um, resident and their response was, you know, I don't want to take Medicaid patients. I just want, you know, just a regular pediatric kind of nine to five. Out in Sugarland, which is kind of like the suburbs of Houston. And, you know, and it's no, it's a no judgment zone. So I said, okay, you know, that's great too. You know, and we went on and, and I totally forgot all about her. And then she saw me in the hallway at the hospital and she stopped me and she was waving her arms and I was like, Hey, are you okay? You know, is everything okay? And she was like, you know, you know, I just have to tell you something. And I'm thinking something bad happened. I said, what's wrong? And she says, you know, I, Project Doc has such an impact on my career choices and my life. And she was like, I actually want to go into public health now. And I was like, wow. and I, and I, and I, t- I leaned into her and I said, no, not Miss Cushy Sugarland. <laughs> and she's still out <laughs> laughing. But it is it speaks volumes to the impact that we're making in opening up, you know, accessibility really to our patients and families that have um, a dis a loved one with a disability. And so, you know, yes. the whole health equity piece. But you know, we this, had we mm-hmm. had my pediatrician uh, come back and write a really nice letter for us for one of our grant grant submissions, and it said, you know, instead of what Project Doc taught me was instead of telling the patient, the parents, what they needed to do for their child, it taught me how to encourage them to mm-hmm. do the things that they need for their child and to work with them and that they are a, they are capable of doing it. They, they need my encouragement instead of me mm-hmm. telling them what to do. Absolute true partnership, true partnership. Well, Elaine, this has been really, really great. And for those that are listening, how about you give them our website? So if they want more information or want to kind of connect with us after they listen to the podcast, they can. Oh, yes. Our website is www.project.houston.org. And Project Doc is D-O-C-C because it stands for Delivery of Chronic Care. So it's two C's. So it's projectdochouston.org. Oh, that is wonderful. So again, I want to thank you, Elaine, for taking time out tonight to kind of share and spread and hopefully, you know, enlighten our listeners about the true partnerships between patients and our providers and really patients driving education in our, you know, medical world. So I I think that's great. It definitely does. The, the residents tell us all the time that going through Project Doc, they realize that the parents are the experts on their child. And mm-hmm. that we do know a lot about our children. <laughs> we do. We do. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, thank you so much. And thank sure. you guys for tuning in to our podcast tonight. And again, we always want to thank our wonderful partner and sponsor, Dr. Natasha Washington at ATW Health Solutions. So yeah, thank, thank you, you guys. And as always, be engaged. Follow the PPIC community online at atwhealth.com.